Thanks to the wonderful folks at Anchor.fm. Welcome, listeners, to Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from social media, news articles, his past audiobook recordings, and other spoken word projects, including those great writing projects that you send in. And now, here's your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And thank you, Mr. Announcer, for that wonderful introduction. Welcome, fans of The Spoken Word. This is Tom Reads Your Story. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. Today, the poetry of COVID-19. And I'll be back right after this. Miles Junction, Rust Belt, USA where hope is scarce and hardship is a way of life. It's but one of many Northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind, its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Their lives and others are linked by a ruined yet starkly beautiful post-industrial landscape, a desolate vestige of our fractured American dream. In just the right light, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain. Written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania. Listen to this incredible book by visiting audible.com. And we are back. So today, we're going to listen to some poems that I read about COVID-19. And, you know, I never thought of the fact that there would be these poems. But, uh, heck, there's poetry about everything else in life. There might as well be poems about COVID-19. And I was lucky enough to find some on a website called coronaviruschroniclesarchive.com slash poems. Once again, that's coronaviruschroniclesarchive, all one word, coronaviruschroniclesarchive.com forward slash poems. And you really should check this out. Um, I'm going to read pretty much all of the poetry in here. And it's going to be one long read of one poem after another. There won't be any breaks today. Um, I'll start at the beginning and go to the end. Uh, It's important, I think, that these poems are here. There are some really nice uh, poets out there whether they be professionals or just people that wanted to write some poetry. Um, I, I hope you like this and um, we'll go right on through to the end. Once again, this is the poetry of COVID-19. The COVID Obit by Richard Carey Joel, Almost Uptown Poetry Cartel. 
Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Someone's mother died from this virus, and then it was someone's son, a brother, then a sister, and yet there were none who passed from this world with a loved one by their side to hear their last words and share their last cry. They all died alone, surrounded by strangers in masks, all behind plastic shields, performing their tasks, and though they were caring, they were not family, who were prevented from being there due to COVID-19. This pandemic, this plague, this corona insanity, disrupting our lives, impairing our humanity, even altering death, and how it's observed as morgues replace a ceremony that each of them deserved. With not a soul at graveside standing close to say farewell, no mass gathering after burial in this deadly viral hell where social distance, not embrace, is the intimacy of the day while a suffering human race expresses their dismay. So, a mother of 83 and a daughter of 48 and the father of three small children leave this world, yet still await the goodbyes and mournful tears of the people they so loved, who were all kept far away by this scourge I'm speaking of and each with the same obit, where it is duly noted that in the year 2020 they expired due to COVID. Distance by Richard Carey Joel, Almost Uptown Poetry Cartel, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. People walk down the street waving at each other with newfound vigor and desperation hoping for a response, craving any form of human interaction, yet remaining aloof, keeping their distance, acutely aware of the danger of proximity, calculating how far from the other is needed to ensure their self-preservation. No one smiles anymore, except with their eyes as faces are now masked and covered by law and decree, by conformity and convention, by fear and tightly woven fabric. We have become dangerous strangers to each other, more than we ever were, as anyone could be carrying this novel and catchy death, this COVID-19, this new coronavirus, lurking with stealthiness, so invisibly in the air, seeking out its victims without prejudice or discrimination. In this pandemic, it's the luck of the draw, to get it or not, a fool's gamble to play the odds, throwing caution to the wind, for these days the wind carries a thing that kills. So we don our masks and gauge the span between us, and listen to the so-called experts who alter their well-informed directives daily. Six or twelve, 
a hundred to infinity. How many cold and distant feet must separate us from our fellow human beings? How long will it be till that vaccine is found, till that treatment is developed, till our herd immunity is finally heard of, till the curve is flattened and the ICUs are at long last empty? Who would have thought I'd miss a handshake so? A hug, a caress, a bottle of beer, at the bar, with a friend. As I must now avoid each and every human being, like the plague, maintaining my isolation, giving them a wide berth, exhibiting a well-rehearsed look of terror, should they dare come close, by personal space, having mutated into something so impersonal, too close for comfort, taking on a whole new meaning in today's COVID world. The only comfort found at home, alone, behind a locked door. Stay at home orders demanding. We shelter in place and leave only for what's deemed life-sustaining. But how long can life be sustained in a world that looks like this? In this new COVID reality, where a breath can mean death and a gloveless touch is too much, where the enemy can't be seen and the all-clear is never sounded, where distance has become the new and novel substitute for what was once our intimacy. Autoimmunity by Ansel Omen, MLS New York, New York. We are not immune as we once believed. We are not immune to business as usual. When business has always been busy, prescribing profits over prudence with false prophecies of golden years, we are not immune to the viral strains of rabid voices coughing up empty words, ever mutating sense into missense, each echo more feral than before. We are not immune to the dissemination of lies, aerosolized and transmitted as truth, for even with repeat exposure, we still react to what was never foreign. We are not immune to the poisons of privilege. As we amputate left to save what is right, as we amputate right to save what is left, when instead the diagnosis was truly systemic, we are not immune to being the greatest when we fill our graveyards to be the least, as we reach the end stage of life as we know it, while we await a vaccine for all our ills. Let us remember, the disease was always within ourselves. The pandemic was just a symptom. Still lives shimmer by Austin Bayless, Tennessee. Still lives shimmer. I decided to become a writer in 2008 after watching Eudora Welty read a short story on public television about smoke rising against silhouetted trees as if from a ruined castle near a moonlit river. Now, 
During these strange days, oddly I find my grounding in my myriad shades of frizzled onions as well as from the tingle of my bare feet over grass. The counter-orange of the chlorophyll scraped away, for good, forever. Distance time hovers like a buzz, a hum, neither frozen nor moving forward. The tree's pink flowers emerge in clusters, reeking in the disembodied hypnotic voices of tribal leaders with empires to conquer. You understand what I'm saying? All images seem replete with desolate seascapes. Then the tree's bronzes turn to green sands, the comforting colors of butternut squash and curry. I look out through an angle trapezoid of a doorway, pale, emptied of those pink flowers emerging and emerging and spilling recklessly onto a cold landscape where lions laze by a bonfire. Landscapes shimmer as frogs, slathered in echoes of ancient layered colors, contemplate these strange days. These strange and ever-haunting days. Austin Bayless, April 2020. Coronavirus. Helen Menzies, Enfield, Middlesex. This virus has hit all over the globe. The extremity of this pandemic is starting to unfold. It began in Wuhan, on a market stall, where dead and live animals were sold together. Disease spread from species to species. No hygiene rules were in place, ever. People are dying all over the world. All nationalities, ages, it doesn't discriminate. This is a massive disaster. Getting the virus is our ultimate fate. Social distancing is now in place, and we are in lockdown, only going out to buy food supplies. The government are giving daily updates, but these are an abundance of lies. They are not protecting our NHS workers. They don't have the correct equipment and are not being tested to check if they need to self-isolate. So the majority don't know if they have the disease. And due to incompetence, it will be too late. Many people have lost their jobs. The prospect of no money leaves them facing poverty. Losing their homes could be an eventuality that all of us can see. The government have put grants and loans to help businesses. Universal credit has been increased by only a thousand pounds a year. But getting access to these measures is virtually an impossibility. People can't survive and live in fear. Charities will drastically lose funding. The vulnerable will suffer tenfold. It's always the neediest in society that pay the price. The disabled, the poor, and the old. It is a catastrophe that is already happening, but we are only experiencing a fraction of the inevitability. The widespread of this coronavirus will leave us wondering if we will ever be free. Coronavirus by Helen Menzies Enfield, Middlesex This virus has hit all over the globe. The extremity of this pandemic is starting to unfold. It began in Wuhan 
on a market stall where dead and live animals were sold together. Disease spread from species to species. No hygiene rules were in place ever. People are dying all over the world, all nationalities, ages. It doesn't discriminate. This is a massive disaster. Getting the virus is our ultimate fate. Social distancing is now in place, and we are in lockdown, only going out to buy food supplies. The government are giving daily updates, but these are an abundance of lies. They are not protecting our NHS workers. They don't have the correct equipment and are not being tested to check if they need to self-isolate. So, the majority don't know if they have the disease. And due to incompetence, it will be too late. Many people have lost their jobs. The prospect of no money leaves them facing poverty. Losing their homes could be an eventuality that all of us can see. The government have put grants and loans to help businesses. Universal credit has been increased by only a thousand pounds a year. But getting access to these measures is virtually an impossibility. People can't survive and live in fear. Charities will drastically lose funding. The vulnerable will suffer tenfold. It's always the neediest in society that pay the price. The disabled, the poor, and the old. It is a catastrophe that is already happening, but we are only experiencing a fraction of the inevitability. The widespread of this coronavirus will leave us wondering if we will ever be free. The Apocalypse by Dr. Elizabeth Mitchell, USA This is the apocalypse. A daffodil has poked its head up from the dirt and opened sunny arms to bluer skies, yet I am filled with dark and anxious dread. As theaters close, as travel ends, and grocery stores display their empty rows, where toilet paper, liquid bleach, and bags of flour stood in upright ranks. My stomach twists and fingers shake as I prepare to work the battleground. The place I've always loved and felt at home is now a field of droplets sprayed across a room, or lurking on a handle or a sink to find their way. Inside our trusting hands or mouths or eyes, the ones that touch you when you're sick, speak soothing words and seek the answer to your pain. This is the apocalypse. As spring begins again and brightly colored flowers deploy in my backyard, the neighbors walk their dogs and march along the quiet streets. I stretch my purple gloves on steady hands. I tie my yellow gown behind my back, my hair inside a blue bouffant. My mouth and nose and eyes are still and calm inside their waiting shields. This is the apocalypse. Untitled Prose Poem by Kitty O'Meara, USA And the people stayed home and read books and listened, and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and learned new ways of being, and were still, and listened more deeply. Some meditated, 
Some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently, and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. Untitled COVID-19 Poem by Laura Fanucci, USA When this is over, may we never again take for granted a handshake with a stranger full shelves at the store, conversations with neighbors, a crowded theater, Friday night out, the taste of communion, a routine checkup, the school rush each morning, coffee with a friend, the stadium roaring, each deep breath, a boring Tuesday, life itself. When this ends, may we find that we have become more like the people we wanted to be. We were called to be. We hoped to be. And may we stay that way, better, for each other, because of the worst. Coronavirus, a poem, Ibrahim Ibn Salma, S.B., U.S.A. Embrace me if you can. My heart is getting thin. My skin is as yellow as a sprig of saffron. The bright days from my life are fading away. Embrace me if you can. My lover is trying to kill me, not allowing me to die by nature. I am mad. Why kill me? I am already at the point of death. Embrace me if you will. Seek and seek, then be lost in the quest, with a deep and lasting wish, to become what we ought to be, so we together cross this difficult ordeal, not forgetting that we exist forever. Pandemic by Lynn Unger, Australia What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath? the most sacred of times. Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up, just for now, on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing. Pray. Touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. Coronavirus Poem by Senator Cory Booker, 
USA. We can't touch, but we still reach out. We hunker down, but we still rise up. Our bodies are attacked, but our spirits fight back. The enemy is invisible, but so many of our heroes are now seen weeks and weeks of isolation. But still infinite and invincible determination. We are distant, but we stand together. And together, we shall overcome. Take Care by President Michael D. Higgins, Ireland In the journey to the light, the dark moments should not threaten. Belief requires that you hold steady, bend, if you will, with the wind. The tree is your teacher, roots at once, more firm, from experience in the soil, made fragile. Your gentle dew will come, and a stirring of power to go on towards the space of sharing. In the mystery of the eye, in rage, it is easy to cry out against all others, but to weaken is to die, in the misery of knowing, the journey abandoned toward the sharing of all human hope, and cries is the loss of all we know of the divine reclaimed for our shared humanity. Hold firm. Take care. Come home together. Lockdown by Richard Hendrick, Ireland Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But they say that in Wuhan... After so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. They say that a hotel in the west of Ireland is offering free meals and delivery to the housebound. Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality of how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters, to love. So we pray, and we remember that, yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make 
as to how to live now. Today. Breathe. Listen behind the factory noises of your panic. The birds are singing again. The sky is clearing. Spring is coming. And we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul. And though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. Wow. I I think that is some very touching and very powerful stuff for poetry and <laughs> COVID-19. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I thought that was very good. So November 3rd is the day we vote. Okay, please. I won't see you until uh, Wednesday. Uh, I think Tuesday is November 3rd, so I'll see, I'll be posting again, publishing on November 4th. But get out there on November 3rd and vote. Please, it is your right. It is not a privilege, it's your right. Get out there and do what you're supposed to do. All right? So that's it for this episode. If you enjoyed your visit today, please tell your friends and have them tell their friends. Be sure to email me at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com or call and leave a message at 929-260-1952. That's 929-260-1952 if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks, Anchor.fm, for the chance to have an ongoing podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.